Hi guys, it's Mandy with the Speaking Life Podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. We've had a week of pulling out jackets and finding our hats and gloves and getting the boots out of the back of the closet. It appears that we're having a week of winter before we go into fall, so we'll see how this lines out. I love the fall. I do. I have a lot of friends who love summer and a lot of friends who love winter. I love fall and spring. I'm not a huge fan of the extremes, but I love as we slip into the fall weather, I love the coziness that it brings and being able to get out the stews and the soups. And last night we had ham and potatoes and macaroni, all the things that we shouldn't have probably, but were just those yummy comfort foods. We enjoyed that, and as we slip into this time of year, I'm also always reminded of my anniversary. My husband and I got married on November 10th, and so all of the feelings of fall and the changings of the season remind me of that time, and even though it's been almost 17 years now, I still find myself getting nostalgic and wanting to just snuggle up under a blanket and talk about all of those first few months and years that we spent together. So I hope you're having a week that even if you're having to get out in this finicky weather, that you're able to stop and enjoy those that you love being close to you and find something to be grateful for. But this week, I felt led to talk about a subject that is intimidating to me. I feel like every subject is intimidating to me, but there are some subjects that I especially feel a need for a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast because I in no way feel like that I have anything under control or figured out or have just tackled all that there is in this topic or this subject or this way of life, this section of life that we'll be in. And I feel that sometimes when you go to speak about something, it can come across as though you feel like you've put any struggle or any need to learn, any need to humble yourself and accept instruction in this particular topic behind you. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So as we talk about this today, I hope that it comes across as I'm praying for it too, that if I can share something with you that will help you not learn it all the hard way, as I feel that I have, that that is my goal and that I'm still learning and I still have so much that I need grace for and I need God's guidance on. And I hope that I can encourage you and you can encourage me. And as I've said before, we can swim through this journey together. Nobody is in the boat telling you how to swim. We're all down there together. So today I felt like that I needed to talk a little bit about marriage and about how if we're not careful, culture will absolutely destroy our marriage. If we go the way of culture and if we go the way of popular opinion, it will absolutely be fatal to our marriages. And I feel like that I need so much more studying on this and I would not be opposed to going to classes and hearing this put more eloquently, but you're gonna hear it in a very country girl kind of way today talking about just some of the things that I have struggled with personally. And as I've said in previous podcasts, if I ever talk about marriage, this is not a blanket thing that can be applied to all marriages because some marriages you are dealing with abuse or you are dealing with neglect or dealing with abandonment and this is not in any way to get on to you or to tell you that you need to step it up and just deal with the abuse i absolutely do not feel that way anything that i say about marriage 
is to encourage us to take what steps we can in a situation when we can make a difference and we can change the atmosphere to encourage us to do just that. So if you're dealing with an abusive relationship, please seek help right now. You are worth it. You are valuable. You are someone that deserves to be protected. So don't take anything that I have to say today in a way that is going to be derogatory to you or in any way suggest that you are responsible for what you're dealing with in your marriage. I hope that in some way today I can encourage us to take a tiny step forward and to create a safe and a peaceful relationship in our homes. So we'll see if we can do that. But one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is it's bothering me so much how in society and in today's culture, any word that was given to us by God, any commandment or any instruction, any encouragement that was given to us by God, it, that is the thing that is up for attack. That is the thing that will just be shredded, whether it's through movies or in the news or just in situations or social media, anything like that. If it is something that can be used to glorify God, if it's something that can be used to make our character stronger, it's something that's up for debate. It's something that is up for attack. And there are several words that just make us cringe now because of what they have turned into. And that is so far from what God intended for our marriages and for our homes, for ourselves. Anything that God instructs us in the Bible, anything that God tells us to do in our marriages or anything that he encourages us to do, it was always about creating better character in ourselves and creating a more sustainable, peaceful life with our spouse. It was about creating strong foundations for our family to stand on because life is going to throw things at you. Things are going to be difficult. Things are going to be frustrating. The, the way that your husband chews is going to get on your nerves. And if you have not created a foundation for your marriage to stand on, what will hold you together? Nothing, nothing will hold you together. And we've all seen the little triangle illustration of whenever our foundation is Christ and he is at the center, he's at the head of our marriage, he's at the head of our goals and our, our whatever we decide that we want to aim for in our lives. As we move closer to Christ, we will move closer to our spouse. If our spouse is pointed towards Christ and we are pointed towards Christ and we are moving towards Christ, then we become closer as a husband and wife. The greatest thing that the enemy has done in this culture and in this day has convinced us that we don't need Christ. Because as we move towards our separate pursuits or our separate desires, our separate plans, we become further and further apart. And that is one of the number one things that people will say when a relationship ends, we just grew apart. The reason that that is happening is because our foundation is not the same. So if our foundation is in Christ, we will be moving towards Christ, moving towards each other. I hope I explained that well enough. I feel like I'm horrible at giving a good word picture. But the words like help meet, and I'm going to pause so you're able to just cringe and kind of give the shiver. Commitment, honor, cherish, respect, these are things that should make us feel encouraged and make us feel hopeful and determined to persevere and to get better at being the spouse that our spouse needs, but they don't. 
These words now have become words that make us, they leave a bad taste in our mouth. There's something that no one wants to hear or no one wants to say because help meet has become a derogatory term. Honestly, that just blows me away. It is so strange to me that a place of such honor and such dignity can turn into something that is so demeaning. We are not in a place of less than. We are not in a rug position to be used to wipe their feet on. That is not what we are. And somehow, through all of the voices that we've heard in today's world, in all of the different ways that we receive thoughts and ideas and peer pressure and all of the different things, this has become something that is nearly a word that is just awful to say, nearly a term that is just awful to say. And I don't understand this because all that it means is to help meet the needs. That's what it means. Your husband is your helpmeet. You are his helpmeet. You are meeting each other in the place of need and you are helping each other. That is a beautiful thing. That is something that no one else can do like you can. You hold a special power. You hold a special place that you can handle situations in a way that no one else can. You can encourage, you can strengthen, you can understand, you can be compassionate in a way that no one else can. Don't let society's view of you and your position change the holy place that God has given you to live in. Don't allow that to happen. Take charge of your thoughts and of your emotions and your feelings. And don't allow yourself and your actions to be dictated by what society would push on you about your marriage and about your place. Our commitment to our spouses is not a light thing. This is something that is when no one wants to actually say because we don't want to commit. What if they hurt us? What if they, what if they, what if they? Everything is a what if. No, we have to remove our desire to have an escape route. We have to remove our desire to have this extra idea or this safety net. And we have to commit in every way that we can. Our love and our respect and our honor because that's what we want. Anyway, I could go off on the words for a long time trying to keep this in the time frame if I can. I feel like some of the fatal mistakes that we make, I just mentioned it a little bit, is having a plan B. Number one is having a plan B where we might step into a marriage and we will say the vows and we will pledge to honor and to cherish and to be with them in sickness and health and forsaking everyone else. Keep ourselves to them. We say these words, but do we know what they mean? That means Whenever you're in that moment and he's making a decision that you don't 100% agree with. Again, we are not talking about abuse in this podcast. But when he's making a decision that you don't 100% agree with, you instantly turn your back on him and treat him as if he's the dumbest person walking the face of the earth. Have we forgotten so quickly what we promised, what we vowed to do? The second thing that I feel like is, I feel like that these four mistakes are fatal and there's more, but I'm trying to keep it as basic as I can. The second mistake that I feel so strongly about is allowing yourself to use the divorce term as a threat, the divorce word. Every time there's a conflict, I don't have to stay with you. Every time there's a moment that you don't agree or that you're coming to a situation that you might handle differently than him, 
I don't have to be here. I will leave. What is that cultivating in our marriage? Why are we saying that? We have to examine our motivation. Number three is expecting our husband to meet all of our needs. I talked a little bit in a previous podcast about speaking different languages, and that is one of the best ways to explain men and women. We do not speak the same language. We do not have the same needs. We have different desires. We have different needs. We have different basic things in our in our sex and in our makeup that we need that they will not meet expecting your husband to meet every single need that you have is expecting him to be christ he is not he might be wonderful and handsome and the best thing you've ever seen he is not christ he is not jesus and he will not meet all of your needs there will always be a place in your heart and in your soul that you will be lacking whenever you look to him to never disappoint you to always make you feel special and loved and above everything else you will feel that void you will feel it there because it will not be filled by him we have to learn that our husband cannot carry the weight of perfection because we cannot carry the weight of perfection And they will not meet every need that we have, every emotional need, every mental need that we have. They won't do it. Number four is waiting for someone else to fix it. This is where we can make a choice. It is so much easier when I'm frustrated at my husband to sit and think to myself, you know what? When he begins treating me the way I deserve to be treated, that's when I'll change the way I'm treating him. Until I see some major improvement in his attitude towards me, I am not even going to put in the effort. That makes 100% sense if you're basing your goals for your marriage on today's society. Because today's society tells you that your goal should be self-promotion. That it should be fame. It should be wealth. You should be in the spotlight. You're a princess. You deserve nothing less than a crown and a knight in shining armor and a throne to sit on while he comes to your every beck and call. This is society. This is what it's telling you who you are. That is not who you are. If you want your marriage to go the way of society, by all means, wait. Don't act. Don't work on your own character. Don't serve. Don't have compassion. But what are our goals? Are our goals for our marriage to be a place that makes us feel fluffy and warm inside every moment? Is it a goal that we should feel treated like a princess until he doesn't treat us that way so we find someone who will? What are our goals? And when someone asks you, what are the qualities of a successful or a good marriage? One of the first things we're all going to say is trust. This is a foundation This is just a fundamental thing that everyone will say, but will we build it? If the foundation of a good marriage, if one of the first things you think of is trust, are you giving him a reason to trust you? If one of the great foundations of a good marriage is respect, are you giving him a reason to respect you? We have got to turn. We have to do a 180 from the school of thought that we will respect him when he deserves it. That we will be respectable when he treats us better. 
our respect and our actions, the way that we're trustworthy or not, or if we're compassionate or not, this shows nothing about him. This shows who we are on the inside. And you are better. You are better than what society says you are. You are better than what they tell us that we should do to get our way. You have the ability to take a breath and to change the atmosphere of your marriage. Don't wait. Don't make the fatal mistake of waiting for him to become a cloud walker, an angel who does nothing but quote sonnets to you and pamper your every need before you treat him with respect and dignity. How do I know this? How do I know that these things are something that can change things? It's because my truth and my my foundation is in God's word. And in God's word, what he tells us about marriage is that it is a call to serve. It's a call to selflessness. It's a call to grace and mercy. It's a call to faithfulness and compassion and steadiness. It is exactly the opposite of what we are being told in culture today. What that tells me is that the enemy has succeeded in getting us to think that a way to success is right the opposite of the true path we need to take. So if we continue down this path, we will not find success. You will not get to the same destination by walking in the opposite direction. And you will not have a successful, safe, faithful, steady marriage by walking in the direction of brokenness, by walking in the direction of self selfishness. Whenever you look in the Word of God and whenever you read what love is, what true love is, not what the touchy-feely movie version, the book version, all of these things that we can see, when you look into the Word of God and you study what love is and what commitment is, it will literally be the exact opposite of what you're being told. Do not base your marriage foundation on what culture has force-fed us. You can do better and you have the power to change your marriage right here in this moment because you don't have to wait. You're not helpless. It is amazing to me that as women, we have taken things that are meant as shows of respect and consideration and kindness and we have turned them into shows that must prove that they think we're weak, that we're helpless, that we can't do anything. I have nothing but boys. I've got five sisters. Actually, I have seven now because I do count my sister-in-laws. And so I, I've spent a lot of time around girls. I'm the oldest. We've I've spent a lot of time with them growing up. I know, I know what it's like to be a girl. I know what it's like to deal with our emotions, all of these things. But I have nothing but boys in my home right now. I've got three wonderful boys and I've got a wonderful husband. I do not have a perfect husband and I do not have perfect children. But I have three wonderful boys that are in my home. And I am teaching them to open doors for young ladies and for myself. I'm teaching them to say, yes, ma'am. I am teaching them to see if someone else needs a seat, if they're sitting down and there's a woman standing or there's an elderly lady standing or a young lady, they treat them with respect and with dignity. This is not because necessarily these women will deserve it because some of them don't. This is about the character that I want to instill in my boys and that they are to treat humans with respect and compassion and dignity. And whenever my 10-year-old boy opens the door for a young lady or for a woman, doesn't matter what her age is, and he receives a condescending look, it completely blows me away because this is a show of respect 
And when you allow the garbage that culture would force feed us, when you allow this to dictate your reactions, you will see this as a sign that you must be weak. You can't handle opening your own door. What a twisted way to accept an act of kindness. We have the ability to change this. Don't let culture dictate your actions and your reactions in your marriage or anywhere else for that matter. To actually get a good representation of what love is, I wanted to read a couple of the verses in 1 Corinthians 13. And so many of us have already heard this. We know it's some of us have heard it in church. Some of us have heard it quoted other places. But when you read through these verses, then you think of society, you will hear the exact opposite in every movie that you've seen, in all of the media that you hear, in all of the Facebook, the social media, you will hear the opposite. And here it is. It says, charity, which is love, it suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, it vaunteth not itself, it is not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemly, it seeketh not her own, it is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. It, it tells us in this scripture, I could read so much more, and that was 1 Corinthians chapter 13 if you want to look it up. But all of the things that it tells us are right the opposite of what we're being told. It doth not behave itself unseemly. If you see someone acting inappropriately, it's, well, she wouldn't behave that way if her man would treat her right. It seeketh not her own. Well, I don't have to allow myself to be treated this way. I don't have to feel this way. I deserve better. It's not easily provoked. The very first thing that you will hear, hear someone say, Oh, no, he didn't. I will show him. I am one of the most opinionated, loud people in my family. I will say, Oh, you better not. Excuse me, sir. I, I do talk like this. This is, a, this is a thing that they will find funny, that we will joke about. That is not what this is talking about. This is the root of who we are deep down inside, our foundation and our goals. Are we having this attitude towards our spouse, towards our children, towards anyone in general? But today, talking about our spouse, is he allowed to be a human? Or does he have to exhibit perfection to earn your respect. We have to examine our goals. If our qualities of a successful or a good marriage are trust and respect and compassion, what are you doing? What am I doing today to create this kind of environment in our marriage? What are we doing in this moment to tear down or to build up this kind of foundation we have the power to make a difference. And I will not choose to believe what society tells me, that I am a strong, independent woman, but I don't have to give ever. Apparently, I'm super, super strong, but I'm so fragile, I can't help build. I can't change things. The first thing I have to do is run and look for something better. I will not believe that. I am strong. 
I am independent. I'm opinionated. I'm bullheaded. I'm all the things. And how will I use that? Will I use it to throw a princess tantrum? Or will I use it to square my shoulders and decide I will fight for what I love? I will fight for what I value. Ladies, our husbands need to be fought for just like we do. We need to decide that deep down in the very core of who we are, we will not let society tell us who our marriages will be, what the outcome will be, who we will be in our marriages. Our true happiness and our true contentment in our marriages will not come from always getting what we want, but from practicing contentment in what we have and consistently serving our family and laying the foundation slowly brick by brick of a sustainable and peace-filled life. You will not truly be happy while you're searching for everything to fill you up. We have to lay aside all of the things that society tells us, all of the self-promotion, all of the selfishness, all of the me, 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 my needs, my needs, and we have to learn to serve as best we can. You're not going to be perfect. Your spouse is not going to be perfect. Your life situation is not going to be perfect. And you will wither away and your marriage will wither away if you wait for that to arrive. Take charge of where you are right here in this moment. Go to the Word of God and ask Him, How can I serve my husband today? What small thing can I do today? Don't be overwhelmed by someone who's been married 50 years and seems to have it all perfectly. Don't try to be them. What can you do today? What can you learn today? Not what you can teach someone else, not what you can show someone else, but what can you learn today to be a better person, to change the atmosphere of your home, one little baby step at a time. We are very much in a society of right now of instant gratification and you are building a foundation for something that you want to last for a long time if you're married for 50 years what are you doing this year what are you doing this week to make that 50th year precious to you we are not helpless we have the ability to grab hold and to change things in our marriages in our lives in our homes in ourselves if we will just admit that we are strong enough to do it. It doesn't take strength to run most of the time. It takes strength to square your shoulders and to change the environment. This is something that I'm telling myself every day. And this is something I have to put into practice every day because I'm married to a human. I'm married to someone with emotions and with needs and with moods just like me. And I have to choose what is my goal? If my goal is to always feel happy and my goal is to always feel pampered, I'm in the wrong place. I truthfully need to be single, working a job, and taking care of myself because I'm the only one that will ever get by with treating myself the way that I do. I'm the only one that would ever get by with neglecting myself. No one else can get by with it. But then I wouldn't be happy either. Is what you have worth working for or are you ready to let it fall away? Making no choice is making a choice. We cannot sit idly by while society and culture dictates our reactions and our actions in our marriage and in our home.
Thank y'all so much for listening. I really hope that I haven't bored you to tears and I hope that I've been successful in conveying that this is something I am in the middle of working on. And these are the things that God has laid on my heart to change my character. I hope that you're able to enjoy this week and get yourself some cozy boots, drink some coffee and enjoy this weather. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week as well. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.